Hi, I'm Alexi Bolden. And I'm Lucy Porter. And this this is Academia. Academia. So how do you feel? Do you feel post-Barbie, PB? Mm -hmm. We live in a PB world. Well, okay. And listeners, we're going to give you one more week before it is... Yes. Time Dear to academics, spoilers. <laughs> to you really have one more week until of gets, speaking vaguely about Barbie. Yes, until we give specific and scenes then, and moments and soundtrack that gave us and, the butterflies and the chills. So, speaking vaguely, yes. Tell me how you've been changed in a profound and meaningful way. There were, I on my hands account. Um, four times because I did keep a running record throughout the movie how many times I'd started crying and it wasn't like Mm -hmm. a continued cry it was like a okay and we're restarting again and I'm normal and we're restarting again um I can I will point those moments out next week yes but vaguely I will say that they were the moments that harped on relationships or what and that's the thing Because I think the biggest critique of Barbie thus far is that it is a little girl boss, but Mm -hmm. I will say it is monoculture. Barbie is monoculture. If you're going to have a property that is monoculture, it has to cater for everyone. So the progressive rhetoric is going to sound a little 2018, but there are really profound moments of relationships and the human condition that I think make it worth it. Yeah, because my immediate feeling after leaving the theater was like, oh my God. Because mm-hmm. I felt it was like those moments that happen to you that you feel like only happen to you or your friend group. And you yes. see that it's, oh, a lot of women go through this. I, I'm trying to be so vague, you guys. Yes. <laughs> <about the> scenes. <laughs> but that was my immediate thought. And I was texting our group chat and I was just like pointing out the moments that really struck me. And mm-hmm. I do see, I, I went to go find other people's um, responses and I was like, okay, I definitely see some of the critiques of Barbie. I, I do agree with some of them. And at the same time, like for me, the scenes that hit still hit regardless of if people yes. think that the rooms are shallow for sure. And I still cried and it's still like, I still, I will rewatch it. I will get my, <laughs> give them my money once more. Oh yes. I've seen it twice thus far. Mm-hmm. And I bet by the next time we check in, I will have seen it a third. Yeah. This is a movie that I'm, like, excited to show my kids. Yeah. Like, I loved this movie. Yeah. I heard um, in Hero, one of Lucy's favorite Chicago spots, I was sitting in this cafe. I'm going to cry. I miss Hero Coffee every day. And their bagels are fantastic. Get the jalapeno cheddar bagel with the egg and cheese sandwich. I promise you will – I promise your life will be changed. Um, but I was sitting in that cafe and I heard um, maybe two or three people who were passing by talking about this movie. And I was like, yeah, like some people had the same um, thoughts and processes that I did with it. And some people were a little um, skeptical of its impact and were like, but Oppenheimer was great. And <laughs> they can exist as separate things. But why yes, are you comparing them God. to the cafe? <laughs> Don't pit two powerful women against each other. <laughs> Stop it. Florence Pugh and Margot Robbie. <laughs> you know who's a powerful woman that I would never pit against anybody else? Who? It's our guest. It's our guest. I'm getting, dear listeners, I'm getting better and better at the transitions every week. By the time this podcast reaches its one year anniversary, I will be a transition icon akin to Alexi Bolden. <laughs> and Lucy did put that in post edit. Um, 
<laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't even remember the first time I met this this guest, but I do think that it, I do know that it was in the world famous Second City. And I oh, think thank God, Hollow Halls. Yeah, we passed by one another and said hello, hi a couple of times. And then you told me, I guess I'm speaking directly to you right now, about this film festival that you got accepted for and, and, and nominated for an award for. And we talked about what outfit you were going to wear. And that, to me, let me know yeah. this was going to be a fantastic thing. Girls, girl. Absolute girls, girl. Am I allowed to laugh? You're allowed to laugh once we bring you on. Alexi, who's our guest? Our guest is none other than award-winning filmmaker, comedian, and classically trained actress, Joelle Velez. Hi, Joelle. Hello. Welcome to Academia. What an incredible intro. I feel so honored. (laughs) The way way to Alexi Bolden's heart is by talking about fashion. It is like the second you like start talking to this gal about clothes, like, you're Honestly, in. same. I didn't know. Yeah. We're, we are after each other's hearts. Yeah, literally, <laughs> every moment is an opportunity to turn a look. And <laughs> you don't have to take it. You don't have to take that moment. If that's but it is effect, always I don't there. know what it is because I literally dressed up for this podcast that is audio only. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my God. It's a good day. <laughs> the way my heart dropped when I was informed there would be no video recording. <laughs> Oh, but I, but I look good. But we both, we all look good. Sorry, what is a podcast if not a fashion show? I've said it. <laughs> Lucy, every moment, I went to the doctor last week to have an earring removed from my ear, and I looked mm-hmm. good. Wait, that's intense, though. What happened? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's can good. I just really quick, because Alexi sort of just texted me, there's a lot of blood, I'm heading to the doctor, Alexi. and then gave me no follow-up information until I had to, like, call her and get a picture of her waiting in the doctor's waiting room. Like, it it was the most jarring text to just receive from your friend, apropos of nothing. Okay, I was trying, I was freaking out. And also trying to like keep everyone informed in case I like had to be died. <laughs> Going to the doctor by yourself when you know something is wrong is really mm, scary. It is. And yeah. So I woke. So this is funny because I really talked about this on the Brendan Fraser uh, the Mummy episode with Mo Phillips Spots mm-hmm. when I got the piercings initially. And so oh, I recently yes. got some piercings in June. And anyone who has had piercings before knows that. Um, there is a long healing process for mm-hmm. that. And this was a lobe piercing. And the longest story short is that um, the initial piercing fell out of my ear in the middle of the night. So I replaced it with a smaller gauge. Um, but I thought it was going to be fine. And about two weeks passed and it was absolutely fine until I guess it fell in the middle of the night and throughout the day, like further into my lobe. Oh my God, what? <laughs> and then the skin healed over oh, the piercing had no. fallen into the middle of my lobe. And so it... Um, I couldn't push it forward and I couldn't pull it back. And so I, I was like, oh, doctor. <laughs> and that's funny because I was initially supposed to think the Barbie movie um, that day. <laughs> that's it. That's what the text was. It was, I'm running late to the Barbie movie. I'm on my way to the doctor. And I'm bleeding. Like, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. I got, okay, I sympathize, not in the same way. That's really incredibly tough, and I'm sorry that you went through that, and I hope you're oh, fine. Okay. You. But I got, I have three, um, what, 
piercings on like the tip of my ear i don't what is yeah. that part mm. called the know. helix the cartilage that's the, the hardest cartilage. that is oh, so hard to heal it You're is terrible woman. so the first one that i got i got when i was drunk and which i believe is the only way to get a piercing we me and my friends made guacaritas margaritas with avocado and i've never replicated that recipe in my life it was a one-time thing and they were delicious and we got wasted what? and then we took a shot of tequila in the parking lot before we got the piercing and that's the best piercing I've ever had. The guy was so mean and gruff and just kind of like what you would expect. And yeah. he, it was the cleanest. He didn't, he didn't even say one, two, three. He just pierced my ear and it was perfect and it healed beautifully. Then I got two more done and that, this was in college and I had this stupid boyfriend at the time who took me to this like janky ass place and Ugh. this guy gave me the piercing, like the piercing part went okay, but then when he went to put in the earring, he was like, oh, I only have a 16 gauge, which is fucking huge for your yes. cartilage. What? So he stuck that shit in my cartilage and it never healed. Oh my God. I put in some cute ones for this podcast and I can feel them in my ear right now. <laughs> That's Eek. insane. The cartilage is honestly, so I've had, I have, um, I think four cartilage piercings, two on each ear. And the mm-hmm. one on my right ear I've had since high school. So about over, over like maybe eight years now whenever high school was and it still hurts every time to change a piercing it still hurts it doesn't close but it it does hurt so I'm like what is it I I think it's the orbital like the inside of your ear yeah oh you're you're a warrior that one was from the same grumpy man also with tequila shots and he it, Uh it healed up beautifully it's my least painful it's always like tried and true I love it now those are the ones that people pass out for. Those really? piercings <gasps> on the inside of the area. Yes. Well, I think you can hit a vein. Yes. What the hell? Because so the one I, I have no idea what part of the ear it is, but like it's if you get it pierced, if you have like chronic migraines, there is a piercing yes. that they say can help with it because yes. it it hits the nerve that like causes the migraines mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. So piercings are healing. Piercings are healing, you guys. Oh my god. <laughs> What, Lucy? I had to work up a lot of courage to get my cartilage pierced because I have like I have the two standard mm-hmm. that I got when I was 10 Oops. and I went to Chicago for the first time um, with for my friend Maddie's 10th birthday. Oh, so I got my ears pierced. Then I have a picture of me clutching my American Girl doll, closing my eyes while I'm getting my ears pierced. I, it's healed perfectly. I kept in the little stud that they initially pierced it, mm. it with for like the longest amount of time that it was required. Yeah. But I wanted this little hoop and I have a gold little hoop that just fits perfectly in my ear and I love it. And I have never changed it in like the years that I've had it. I don't know why, but I can never find a little hoop. I've never found my perfect gold earring hoop. I know. I got my little hoop on Amazon. I got like a little pack. Yeah. That's what I like. I used to get cartilage pierced with just the stud. And then I was like, no, Mm. I know I'm going to need the hoop. So I go to places I can pierce it with a sterling silver hoop immediately. So I know which, like Um, how big to get it. I have a weird ish about like what I will and will not buy on Amazon. Something like Mm -hmm. that. I'm like, no, I can't buy that on Amazon. <laughs> I don't know why. Are your ears sensitive? Because that might be why. Like if well, I think it's because I'm like, but I could buy it somewhere else. I could find it at a at a small totally. shop and small local merchant. But I still haven't had that happen. <laughs> an idea. Well, it's not like it's not like with books. I have that with books because I'm like mm, I'm around right? small yes. independent bookstores enough. Alexi will be so proud of me. I'll tell you the story in a second. Oh, yeah. Um. But, like, I'm not stumbling into tattoo and 
piercing shops enough to be like, I can find an artisan ear loop. Like that's not happening for me. But Alexi, I went to meet a friend for coffee at this like cute coffee shop in Santa Monica, which like for me is like a 40 minute drive. So it's a bit of a commitment to get my ass to Santa Monica. Was waiting for her in this cute coffee shop. There's like no seats available. So I'm just sort of walking around because it's a coffee shop hybrid bookshop. Oh, I love those. And right there when I walk in is the only copy left of a book called Fourth Wing that my friend Liz Hall has been begging me to read, but I have not been able to find anywhere Mm -hmm. in the city of Los Angeles. It is sold the fuck out. So I grab that one cough. I grab the one copy. I go up to the guy. We have incredible little banter. And I'm like, am I allowed to take the display copy? And he's like, yeah, it's the only one we have left. I'm like, that's so fun. And we're bantering. We're building community. It's phenomenal. I get the book. I've been reading the book. I can't stop reading the book. I'm thriving in community and literature. I thought you were going to say, like, as you were bantering, someone grabbed the book and, like, ran. <laughs> no, this <laughs> is a happy story. <laughs> what is that book? I've never heard of that book. What is it about? Um, It is, a, like, a dragon writer's school. Oh, my like, God. She's been training her whole life to be a scribe, and now she's in with the dragon riders, and she's small but wiry and oops there's two guys that she's in love with and one is dangerous they're inextricably linked it is um a really great story i don't know if i love the writing style it's very um it's very dropped in very conversational in a way that sort of takes me out of the fantasy genre where it's like like to be reading and have the protagonist's inner monologue of like oh my god he's so fucking hot <laughs> that's like that. verbatim no takes me out of it a little Not bit that. <laughs> i do i expect all fantasy but it's novels a good story have, i have a, i expect all fantasy novels to have an air of um like oh his his looks burn me with a fiery passion instead of saying he's so fucking hot yeah, yeah. it's a little bit like lol girl <laughs> It feels like middle school. It feels like middle school fantasy. If I if I was fourteen, I would devour this. I'm still like exactly what I was thinking. Read it in a day. Like I am, I'm chugging through this book just because it's a good story. The writing style is not my fave. I haven't read a book like that in a while. Mm -hmm. Like fantasy or one that grips you like that. Last one that the one that I always go back to is the brief wondrous life of Oscar Wilde by Juno Diaz. Oh. One of my favorite. Ooh, I don't books. know that. Oh my god, whole oh, that is probably my favorite book of all time. Um, <gasps> I recently went through all of Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman on the Audible. I I started doing Audible, and I don't mm-hmm. know if it's because I have ADD or ADHD or whatever TikTok tells me that I have, but it's really hard <laughs> for me to t- to stick with a book. Uh, but when yeah. I do Audible, I can actually, like, I can get through the book. Yeah. And that's a really interesting thing is, like, sometimes when I pick up – it is hard to finish some books. But when I can pick up a book and finish it in a day or two, that's when I'm like, oh, this is a good book. The others just might not be good books. And that's okay. So- <laughs> we have to leave space for books to be bad. We have to. Read those books, Alexi, for Phil. <laughs> what's the one – what's the – what? can you tell us more about your favorite book? Why, why is it your favorite the the right uh, Juno Diaz I've heard is an asshole can't confirm if that's true never met him but his voice is so fluid and like so poppin and there's just something about because it's a story about like this Dominican boy named Oscar or people call him Oscar Wow 
for reasons that are explained in the book. And it's this really fucking awesome story. He like uses um, science fiction and fantasy and all these things that are traditionally like white that are kind of like relegated to like white society. And he kind of reclaims them for this like black Dominican boy and like his journey of like going through a time skips back to the Trujillo dictatorship in the DR and inter- interlaces it with the story of Oscar's mother and his story and how they're kind of like overcoming this crazy stuff in their life. They have a really fucked up like mother, like intergenerational relationship. And it's also kind of related to like the trauma that was caused by this dictator in the DR. And he like likens the dictator to Sauron from Lord of the Rings. Oh, interesting. And it's just fascinating. And the way that he also like, just his voice is so, like I said, it's so fluid. It's so like, you know, he goes through Spanish. It's like very kind of like Spanglishy. And um, I don't know. I just love it. I love reading it. I start to think in his voice when I'm reading it. And it just takes you through. It's like such an amazing book. Now, that's an understated thing. It's like once you read a really good book that really puts you in that world is when you your thoughts afterwards, you're thinking in the prose of the author. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I feel sometimes when I'm like writing like a simpleton. (laughs) I'll go and listen listen to the Neil Gaiman book, Neverwhere, which is about very different, but also like magical realism. Mm -hmm. It's about this guy who um, kind of stumbles into like this underworld in London. It's called London Ooh. Below. And yeah, it is. where like the rats <laughs> live and like sewer London London after dark. And he like becomes invisible to like the regular commoners and all this stuff. It's really, it's a really fun one too. But Neil Gaiman's voice is also wonderful. It's very like specific. It's very detailed. Yeah. Like, he describes mm. a broom as like elderly, which is just so like, you know, it just gives Ooh. you like so much. And every single line is like that. So it's like really like a well done job of making things. Um, I kind of lost my thought because of the mimosa. <laughs> That's but... right. On account of the mimosa. And we've yeah. all been there. <laughs> well, I can pick up that train of thought with our first segment, if I may. Let's do it. Our first segment is called the IQ test. Now, Joelle, we know that you know that IQ tests are rooted in eugenics. Right. Yikes. 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 So we, yeah, we don't want to support eugenics here, not even a little bit. So what we've done is we've written our own IQ test just to sort of gauge your academic levels before we engage in an academic conversation on this Mm -hmm. podcast known as Academia. So without further ado, Alexi, take it away. Joelle, you've been invited to a party that starts at 8 p.m. Oh my god, congrats. You still have to curl your hair and paint your nails. <gasps> it's currently 6 p.m. <gasps> Which do you do first? 7 p.m. Period. <laughs> Joelle, <laughs> if going viral can make you famous, what can going bacterial do for you? <laughs> Create an infection. Yes, Joelle. Your infectious personality. <laughs> Stop it. Joelle, which swear adjacent word is most impactful? Dang or frick? Frick! Mm. Every time. Joelle, the tooth fairy collects teeth that one has lost. 
What does the gum fairy do? Put gum in those balls. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, multiple choice. Choose one. Ring around the rosies. Shit. Is it just, it's singular. Ring around the rosies. Singular. Ring light or ring of fire. And I'm choosing Ooh. one. You're choosing one. Mm-hmm. Could I fall into the ring of fire with a ring light around my rosy? You can do whatever you want. That's my Hell answer. Yeah. That's my final answer. Joelle, final question. We all know that you can jog your memory, but how do you sprint your memory? Oh, uh, with some supportive shoes that have a good insole that are going to support your heel and your knees. Mm-hmm. And that you got like the the test at the the fancy stores that cost the shoes like two hundred dollars. That one, yeah, yes. absolutely. You gotta yeah, have you... A, a moody teen who's on track and field test your feet. <laughs> Watch you walk on a treadmill. Why are they always <laughs> judging you while you walk? I'm like, I've never walked right in my life. <laughs> That's when you start learning to judge. Is teen years. Ugh, that was perfect, Joelle. Great. Congratulations. You passed. Did I pass? You Flying did. colors. Oh my God. You know, I was always a straight A student. This means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we bring Good. people on this podcast for validation. That's sort of our main MO here. I felt really loved when y'all were asking me those questions. Oh, oh my God. Okay. I'm thrilled. You, you're going <laughs> to love the rest of the podcast. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well, we here at Academia set out to answer one question and one question only. Joelle, what has Academia ignored for far too long? That actors will start the AI revolution. Now, knowing, <laughs> knowing that we're literally on strike as we speak, what the heck do you, what do you, what do you mean by that? I mean, like, who would have thought that Fran Drescher, the nanny named Fran, was going to take on Skynet? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Bingo card yeah. that was not on my, that was not even on my card. <laughs> I showed up to um, a yoga class yesterday. I, there's a yoga studio, like, on the block of my building, and I'm obsessed with the people there. It's all like 60 year old women who are hippies and just like covered in jade. I'm obsessed with them. Like my, the yoga teacher I go to all the time, she sort of like says awesome sauce. Mm, <laughs> and mm. um, apropos of nothing in the middle of class said, um, yoga is my second love. Drum circles are my first. And then we just kept going. I'm obsessed with her. Anyway, I showed up to yoga yesterday. She's my icon. I would die for her. Um, but I showed up and I was there a little early. And so I was waiting in the lobby with her and the woman who owns the studio. And I walk in and she goes, Oh, Lucy, we were talking about the strike in AI. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, wh- what about it? And she was like, well, you know, it's bad. And, and this AI, it's going to take over the actors. <laughs> And you don't know these women, but my impression is dead on. I can't emphasize that enough. It's it's giving it's giving Moira Rose. Ooh. Yeah, I it love was great. Moira Rose. Me too. So yeah, it, it's very top of mind AI. I just love when things that were niche become mainstream. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people have been talking about AI for a long time, yes. especially in mm-hmm. recent years. And I feel like it was very like 
going under the radar. It was kind of this casual thing that was slowly getting introduced with like Google and like Siri and like voice assistants and all that stuff. And we should have been being freaked out by it. Yeah. But it's so convenient and it yeah. makes our lives as consumers easier. Mm. So now that it's actually threatening literally everyone's livelihoods, yeah. everybody knows about it. And I just love that for us. My friend did get fired from like, like the, they have one more person at the department that kind of works alongside this um, AI, but it's, they, they fired a bunch of people. Mm. And I genuinely did not. AI didn't cross my mind until this year. And I have a friend who's super nerdy about it. And he was like, well, yeah. And then he showed me how long he's been following AI, which has been quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, sorry, I just, I genuinely, I didn't even know where to look or like where, where to mm-hmm. like engage it with AI. It feels like one of those things that's sort of been like boogeyman for a while, mm-hmm. where it's like this big bad threat that's going to like take over everything and everybody everybody's doomed because of it but like because it's so gargantuan in the rhetoric as like a a citizen I'm sort of like well what do you want me to do about it what am I supposed to do how does that impact my day-to-day I do think it's funny because I feel like all the 80s nerds that were like on Terminator were like Sarah Connor's Mm -hmm. gonna save us all I feel like they all feel so vindicated right now. Like I told you. <laughs> well, I'm sure the same I told thing. You. The, the same thing for people who uh, have been deemed uh, doomsday preparers. Like when mm-hmm. COVID hit, yeah. I'm sure they were like, "See, oh. we Heike, Heike, that was me." <laughs> what? I saw, what? Yes. Because I no, no. So, so in my past life, I was an analyst, a research analyst, mm. and Ooh. I. Um, did a, a lot of following trends and the news and pr- making predictions about what was going to happen. So in January of 2020, I saw this shit going down in China and I was like, this is going to be bad. Yeah. And I got my toilet paper in January. Okay. So I was not <gasps> part of the problem. Oh my God. And then, and I was telling people, I was like, guys, this is bad. Like we shouldn't be like having meetings, blah, 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 all this mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, and then March comes around, and everyone's like, "This is bad." <laughs> I was like, "I tell you." My roommate, because I was a senior in college at this time, my roommate was pre med, and so she was in a lot of like biology, chemistry, physics classes. And I remember her coming home around like January, February, and being like, "My professors are really worried about what's happening in Wuhan. Like, this is coming for us, and we might not come back from spring break." And I I remember being like, Marin, please. (laughs) Literally, there was a moment, me and my college roommate were in, we were cooking dinner together. And she was like, one of my professors said this thing. And we pulled up an article and we were like, you think it's going to get to us? And we were like, probably. (laughs) We should probably plan on like going home soon. But we were planning on going Mm -hmm. to Italy for our spring break trips. (gasps) And thank God we didn't because there were people that we were studying abroad in Italy, could not come home, did not come home for months. Stop. And it was very And Italy bad. was so bad. Oh, yes. my God. That's crazy. That's like the time you want to be with safety and comfort and back in your hometown or somewhere. Mm-hmm. I am one of those annoying I told you so people. <laughs> and But you know what? It's because I'm usually right. And I get frustrated <laughs> when people don't listen. I'm like, listen. Yeah. Out of curiosity, what is your sun, rising, and moon? Oh, you had to know, didn't you, Alexi? <laughs> I was like, yeah, right, Ursa. Like, right. Tell me more about yourself. Right. 
I am a Cancer Sun. I just celebrated my birthday. We're still in birthday month, despite it being Leo season. Oh, it's definitely um, birthday month. Absolutely. Birthday month. Listen, everyone has a birthday month. It's just whether they choose to celebrate it or not. Oh, period. <laughs> Heard. Um, I am a Sagittarius moon, which I feel very heavily. I'm pretty sure that's the reason why I'm flaky. Sorry, Sagittarius. I love you, but Sagittarius are my best friend. Are you are you Sag? Um, I, I'm a Scorpio, about two days from the Sagittarius cutoff, and my moon is Sagittarius. So I'm an Aries rising, which I think is where my vindictive tendencies come from. Oh my god! I, I think all, all I think Sagittarius and <laughs> and yeah, Aries Cancer both be like, oh, I don't know if I'm right. I could be right, but that's it. <laughs> and then my Aries is like, I'm right, motherfuckers. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the Aries part of me is very vindictive. I think. And you're allowed. We all have. Nobody's perfect. Okay. Nobody's perfect. I gotta work it again and again till I get it right. Except for us. Except for the three of us in this room in this moment. We have to leave space for us. Lexi and I have been having a lot of phone calls where we're like venting or just like working through our lives being girls in our twenties. Yes, it is. Where we'll end the call with sort of a sigh and be like, "Well, thank God we're both perfect." Yeah. (laughs) Otherwise, things could get really bad. Yeah, because we seem to have a lot of problems with how everybody else is acting. Thank God we're perfect. It'd be so hard (laughs) if we weren't. (laughs) Like, I'd have to really sit down with myself and journal if I wasn't right. (laughs) Truly. I would have to talk to somebody else outside of my friends and my validating circle to make sure that I'm not right, but I am, so it's okay. (laughs) okay do you have a a validating circle and an unvalidating circle do I have an unvalidating I have I have people being like okay I I will say if it wasn't me talking to you right now how would you respond oh that's a good that's a good Mm -hmm. way to ask that question and yeah and my my family is most of the ones who give me the all right (laughs) (laughs) have you perhaps looked at it from this point of view I feel like my family's the opposite. They're like, you're right. <laughs> That's <laughs> so funny. Sweet Joelle, of course you're correct. Exactly. But it's because they know I'm usually right. Yeah. I've been worried more and more lately that the new therapist I've been seeing is a part of the validating circle when she mm. should be a part of the, the non-validating circle. That's that's really frustrating because you're paying them yeah. to kind of not do that. Challenge you, yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like on the whole, my life is not hard. I am fine. Mostly. She's cried multiple times in our sessions when I'm like telling her about my life. And it's making me feel like, well, things aren't that bad. She's a a super empath. That's what's going on. Yeah. That, but also I I do want to hold space for maybe things are that bad, but you could probably... Alexi, well, you see, Alexi is your validating circle. Well, just like, if, if, if you are wrong sometimes, that is just the, the nature of life. But also, you might have been through some things that do warrant a couple of tears. And this lady is just shedding those tears because she didn't know you when you went through it. Okay, Alexi, what is, what's your signs? <laughs> Alexi, what are your signs? Let's, let's learn more about you. Um, how many times have I said this on the pod? Everyone fill in the blanks. Um, I am a Scorpio sun, Sagittarius moon, and Virgo rising. Yeah, That was such a compassionate and logical way that you said that. I really felt it. <laughs> Thank you. I don't really know. Um, 
Oh, it's okay. Oh, she's crying. No, I just she's um, she's like my therapist now. She's sobbing. Uh, Alexi also cries. Are there tears <laughs> around? Perhaps. Okay, Lucy, what are your signs? Uh, Gemini sign. Um, and then I always get them mixed up, but it's either um, Capricorn rising and Taurus moon, or oh. Taurus moon Capricorn rising. I the forget Gemini which is which. Taurus is kind of a double whammy. Yeah. So maybe things aren't Hence, hard, Lucy. My therapist crying when I talk to her about my life. And Lucy's like already like logicked out her emotions. She's like, well, I should feel this. And I'll give myself about like five, six months to feel that. And so the next month I can feel this. <laughs> I'm being read for absolute film. I'm just saying. Let's go to AI, shall we? We've been talking about how I process emotions too much. You know who doesn't process emotions? AI. <laughs> Well, that's, that's when we said Moira Rose earlier, that's why I'm, I'm like, AI could not replicate the way that no, Jason O'Hara says. But you know what? Okay, so my mom said that to me this morning because I was telling her about this stand-up bit I did last night. And she was like, AI couldn't write that. And I was like, you know what? I'm really not convinced. Mm. I keep on thinking that. And then mm. I keep on seeing the shit that AI is writing. And I'm like, fuck, it, it wrote it. <laughs> it did the thing. It did the thing. Yeah. Sorry, not to be a damper, but... No, yeah. No, I just get, like, hung up on the, like, machinations of it, of, like, AI only exists through a lens of plagiarism. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing new or original being created, like, by the nature of AI, by the way of training and feeding AI. It's only learning from previous work when, like, art inherently looks for the future, when AI by its design is rooted in the past. And those are very good points. And I think that's true. But I also don't think that's how it will be forever. And I think that's a little bit of an optimistic, I think that's an optimistic point of view because the models, I'm a wax poetic about technology, which uh, here's my expert. Let me put on my expert glasses. Hold on. Here we go. Listeners, she has taken off her prescription glasses to put on some Ozzy Osbourne ass glasses. It's, it's intelligent. You know what I mean? It's like, it can evolve at, at some point, I think it'll train it itself out of needing humans and it's going to figure it out on its own. And it's not going to be dependent on past shit. And it's going to be able to create like predict there's stuff like called like predictive algorithms. I don't even know like mm-hmm. what that means, but like, I just think we're being a little bit optimistic about it being like, Oh, it's just plagiarism. Like, yeah, right now it is maybe, yeah. but well, it's I'm like, sure. it can create its own shit. Well, that's like what I think that's, not, it was going to get a down of a second, but I'm going to indulge in it because we're living in it. it. That's kind of how <laughs> she, we have to She be had to go Long Island. to can't <laughs> <laughs> be serious when I'm talking. Um, it, I think that that's hope. I mean, like, if you lose that hope mm-hmm. for the future, then, we're, then AI has already won. Or, like, this technology or this... <laughs> <laughs> the like the, the the despair of like losing our jobs and then th- there would be no reason to strike like we would just continue yeah. letting it happen and we would just have to work alongside it but I think the fact that people are like standing up and being like not my job mm-hmm. um, not me not my personhood is what is going to hopefully stop the momentum that it has like it's going to keep creating people are going to keep wanting to like fuck with it and stuff but if people can put boundaries on it because right now it's kind of running amok Exactly. I think there has to be some sort of limitation, like only like 30% of this, like 
insert job can be completed using AI. Otherwise, literally every single person's job is going to be replaced, including CEOs, which I think is really funny because I feel like they think that they're immune looking at you like production studio CEOs who are making your millions and gazillions of dollars. I think they think that they can't be replaced, but I know what they do. Like Mm. I used to work in this system. They make big strategic decisions and they network and they acquire money for their companies, which is like a relationship based thing. But tell me a robot can't do that. Like, yeah, I think that they like literally every single thing in America. Well, it's better if you watch Barbie. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) But I think there's going to be have to be some sort of limitation, some regulation that comes in and says, you guys can't replace all these jobs with AI. But it's hard because it's like, at the same time, if you're using this technology, like I want to make a comic book Hmm. and I don't have an illustrator. I don't know anyone who's an illustrator. My instinct is like, I could use AI to make my little illustrations and that would be a really cool thing for me. And then I could write the story And I could use AI Mm -hmm. to generate the images. And that feels like a cool thing. But ethically, am I taking that job away from from someone who I could pay to do that? But I don't have money to pay it because I'm an artist. Yeah. Where's it's a dilemma. That's really interesting. Like my knee jerk is always to like post on my story. Since I am surrounded by a community of artists, (laughs) it's just to like post on my story. Because somebody will know somebody who knows somebody who is willing to work Mm. with you on it. Um, But it's like that is just like my background of being in the artist communities for like ever if you like if you were an analyst right. and your degree is an econ I can see like your like your knee well, jerk yes. is to um is to like oh I just know a technology that can handle this right so that's what I think is like the crux of a lot of this too is like why we're seeing AI be like targeted mainly in the art space right now mm-hmm. like at least like uh, in the conversation yeah, let's talk about we see why it, it started with art well I My hypothesis is that, like, there's this intrinsic yearning to be creative and look Mm -hmm. for creative expression. And a lot of these, like, tech bros who are, like, building up millions and billions of dollars just want to express creatively and don't know how to access that, don't know how to tap into that, like, deeply human part of creative expression and mm-hmm. therefore are using this like bastardized technology at their mm. resources to create an idea of art. Yeah. Mm. That's really interesting. So I think that, so we've seen this, like, I mean, trends like life and culture is always going to be a cycle of things. And people are kind mm-hmm. of, people have been talking about the trend of people moving away from theaters and we like live theater mm-hmm. isn't as, um, lucrative as it used to be for the theaters and I, one of the larger theaters in town my friend works at and they have let go and aren't hiring a lot of people because they can't afford it because people yeah. are just not coming to their shows and this is a theater with a name and I do feel that people like once we get maybe tired of or realize that AI can't fill that void we people will return to live theater and realize oh this is where we create this is where we feel mm. the most is live theater cannot be <laughs> replicated at I had that same thought last night, Alexi, because I was like thinking about my future, which I do often. <laughs> and I <laughs> yeah, was too. like, you know, because I'm trying to do film and all that stuff. And I was like, well, guess that's done for just kidding. But if the AI takes yeah. over or whatever. But then I'm like, what's the one thing that AI can't do? And I actually think live theater might be one of the only things that AI can't do, except yeah. for maybe like construction or whatever. But yeah, it's true. It's like such a pure art form. It's like you take it back to ancient Rome when they were performing in the Colosseum. Like it's always been around as a way of like expressing to other people and making other people feel things. 
I, I feel like on a philosophy level, AI should be used to free us from the burden of labor. Like AI should be used Let's to talk take, about it. Yeah, to take over and let us return to the arts, return to nature. Like if AI is here and as powerful as we're hearing it is, why isn't it like doing consulting? And why don't we have universal income so that AI can handle the machinations of corporate life and we can return to being human and creating art? So this, this uh, I will bring it back to our original topic, which was, um, even though I didn't introduce it this way, it was kind of media that talks about the, our future, where AI mm. is a reality, where robots are reality, virtual reality is a reality. And I'd like to talk about Ready Player One now, because that's Great. a really interesting, have y'all seen it? I've definitely heard no. about it. <laughs> oh, sad. Okay. <laughs> well, let me, let me do the whole movie. I'll do the whole movie for you right the now. The book called Ready Player One. That, that's what, yeah, it was adapted from the book. So, and it was a really great a- adaptation. I think some people might disagree with that, but I, I think it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> so it's a, it's a, I think it's Steven Spielberg. And it's just this future, basically, where people don't have jobs because mm. robots have taken over everything. And essentially, like, the way that humans fill their pastimes is in a virtual reality. So everyone has like these shitty little trailers that they live in. They're all in these like little kind of bunker trailer, like apartment situations, but everyone has their virtual reality headset. And then they all plug in and they go to this incredible virtual world where they can be whatever they want and they can do whatever they want. And it's really fascinating because what if, you know, like the dystopian future pans out, whereas like still greedy and everyone still is like coming for our money and stuff and like, yeah, the robots take over, but like UBI, universal basic income is not guaranteed. And w- the climate is really bad. Here I go. I told you I was going to get a little dark. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. What do we do? Escape to a virtual reality? I don't know. Maybe that's what happens. I think that might kind of be what we're doing already. It's like when you want to I escape so your thoughts, you go into TikTok, you go into Twitter and all this. Instagram. Yeah. And Ooh. that's when I, when I, I, so I think, I do think that um, we have to have that hope. And I, like, I actually have to believe in like the human spirit wants to persist mm. enough and create enough that individually you say no and then find other individuals who say no to that impulse. And then you create your, your communities of art. And that's, yes. Like, being someone Listen, who like I make food. butter and oat milk. Let's get a commune going. Those are the two things I can contribute. I totally agree. But that's why I think it's so important that the actors and the writers and all the creatives are taking a stand. And I also mm-hmm. think back to the original question, why did it start with, you know, the creative point, which I really liked what you said, Lucy. I wonder, because I saw this cool thing, someone saying like, these are the people that are dreamers that have gone after their dream. Yeah. So there's mm-hmm. already kind of this level of like, well, I'm crazy enough to go for it. Yeah. And I don't yes. want this, my love, like my passion, the thing I've worked so hard for to be taken away from me yeah. and I'm going to fight for it. And I really, it's such, it's so important to see these people striking from a union, from a labor perspective, all this stuff. And it's so symbolic of everything else. We're in like late stage capitalism. There it is. I told you I would say capitalism. Everyone drink. Um, (laughs) But like every other, and I see people on the internet that are also like, actors are lazy, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like they have such cool Mm -hmm. jobs. They have it so easy. And it's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. They're fighting for everyone because if they win, everyone else has a chance to win. 
Yes. And you also, like, people get a very small slice of the life of actors, which is just if you see them on stage or on screen, you have no idea the work or the amount of audition Absolutely. or classes that you have to take to stay, like, on top of your game or to stay in people's um, face or just, like, be considered for casting calls. We, Absolutely. It is, you're, you are a dreamer, fantastic. You want to create that art, but to, to create that art, you have to put so much back work and to even, like, mm-hmm. people seeing you as a, a credible uh, credible artist. And that's absolutely. I follow a lot of people on um, the Tumblr. Who that sounded so lame. I follow no, people I on Tumblr. It. I love the Tumble. Who like make their You're own. You're so art. cool, Alexi. You're allowed to have one thing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Lizzie said it's not cool. <laughs> she <was laughs> not, but you know, so what? <laughs> I'm your non-validating support. Non-validating. <laughs> Here we go. It's people who um do commission art. And so I have Ooh. never really wanted to buy commissioned art, but I like the style of it's like a fantasy. People like self-insert into these yeah. fantasy um, worlds, and they're so good at it that when they have links of like Patreon, like give money to or donate to, I never did until I started seeing how many like how many people this one artist that I follow got their art replicated by AI, and somebody had it in their apartment, like. Oh. And no. they, were, they were like, I can't believe this has happened. I didn't. I never thought it was going to happen to me that somebody wow. was going to take my art and then want to replicate it and then print it and put it on their walls. Like that right. is mine. And then it was. That's what whole, I mean by it's being fed by plagiarism. Like it yes. only exists because of the work that other people do. And there was a whole comments like the, the all the comments were um, fighting on whether or not it could be considered that person's art because oh. AI had like. Mm touched it had like no it a little bit and they were like well it started from yours but it's definitely not yours anymore oh, that's so heartbreaking mm. yeah but that's the thing is like we are all connected and one person's struggle is everyone's struggle yeah and if you ignore that when it's your time to struggle mm-hmm. you can be happy when people ignore you i don't think so literally you can be like oh someone fight for me but if you're that person that's like well it's not your art you know look back on that we'll be like, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm I couldn't believe that people were at, like, like that's not yours anymore. Yours was insp- it was inspired by it, but it's not yours. Mm. That's so sad to me. Yeah. That really breaks my heart. And that same artist was like, um, I was really upset today, and my sister just consoled me by saying, "We have to create art that's so weird, nothing could replicate it." So <laughs> I was like, "That's an insane like inspiration to take from that." Um, wow, also true. That's crazy. That's so crazy. Yeah. You have to be singular to survive. That's also a little bit like... You have to be what? Oh, yeah. Singular to survive. Yeah. Expand mm-hmm. on that. Like, I guess it, we existed. We exist in a system where you have to be singular to succeed. Like, that's what gets recognized as who, mm. people whose voices are so distinct and individual yeah. that you're yeah. being, like, celebrated and with, like, success. But now, like, success isn't that barrier. It's survival. Like, if you have to make art that's, like, so weird and so of you that it physically can't be replicated, like, if that's the standard, it doesn't give space for, like, the years of bad art that you have to create, the years of, like, vague and trite art that you have to create on your journey to singularity. All the bad sketches along the way. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. All the horrible characters that will never see the light of day. Literally. (laughs) the poorly written things still sitting in my writer duet i think about some of the self-tapes i've submitted when i first was submitting self-tapes and i was like mm-hmm. i feel bad for, for oh, the no, I had to watch those. 
totally. Again, that's like that the background that people don't see is you feel like like you see Viola Davis and Will Smith and people who have made it like talk about how many times you have to fail and they've mm-hmm. made it. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. like the the artists that are still creating that have not yet made it. That is so much emotional turmoil, and we're constantly putting ourselves in that space. But if you shut yourself off to feeling or to that creative source, you ha- you you lose yourself. And you know what? Like I, if we are living in the end times, I'd rather be doing that than sitting in an office and you know feeding the machine or whatever. I, that's what I was doing before this, and it was depressing and it was really difficult. And now that because I. I was laid off in October of 2022 and it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it gave yeah. me the push that I needed. Cause I was never going to quit my job. Listen, like <laughs> I was not ready to <laughs> give up that stability. Um, but I knew that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And then when I did, when it happened, I was like, well, here we go. And the first mm-hmm. couple months were super hard and were scary as hell. And then the more that I started just really living as an artist and listening to my artist voice Thank you to Deanna Griffin Irons if she's listening. She's amazing. She preaches that and she is just an incredible, incredible teacher and artist and human being. Um, But the more I started listening to my artist voice and pursuing my like dreams and passions and desires, the happier Mm -hmm. I became. And I like sitting here waxing poetic with you two. I'm so happy right now. And it's the happiest I've been (laughs) since I was a child, you know, and it's like, absolutely. And I wouldn't give that up. And it's so unstable and it's so scary and like it feels like the world is ending in seven, 17 different ways. But I wouldn't change how I'm living in these end times. <laughs> and you may not believe it, but that's also what the Barbie movie is about. Oh. <laughs> Barbie is everything. And like once you see it, you'll know what I mean. But on a, on one level at least, the Barbie movie touches on this. I can't wait. I'm gonna see it tonight after getting a picture of margaritas with my friends. We're gonna see mm-hmm. drunk Barbie. Everyone's gonna be like, "This girl drinks a lot." Look, it's birthday month. Okay, <laughs> you got like four more days. Month. I do this for one month of the year, and then the rest, I'm pretty chill. Now you did it's birthday month, and it's Barbie. <laughs> Let you her be earlier that I was like, huh? Um, you said guacaritas? Yes. Please expand. Never found that recipe again. It was a magical, mythical recipe on the internet that my friend found. And we made, it was delicious. We used avocado and what's the honey was substitute? Was it like avocado honey used? No, no. It was actual avocados. And because drink. You put that in. And agave. That's what it was. Avocado, agave, and um, tequila, and what else? Some I have no idea what the other ingredients were. And it was like a delicious avocado smoothie that was sweet. I honestly think there might have been onions in there. Call me crazy. It was given banana onion from Avatar The Last Airbender for any of those oh who my celebrate. God. I celebrate every day. <laughs> um, and it was... It was a legendary drink of yore that I will never find again. Because Lucy told me about these matcha matcha margaritas, and I, I guess I'm sorry. That sounds really gross, Lucy. <laughs> that like it was really like good, shit. and I don't like I don't like matcha like I don't like matcha lattes or like whatever the hell Alexi drinks. And I would die for matcha. Um, <laughs> but this was a matcha margarita that um, I had at Bites in Lakeview. 
and it was really good. I love bites. Yeah, it was solid. The the taste of the matcha canceled out the taste of the tequila, and so it was just very like neutral umami flavor of a drink, and I enjoyed it, and I got um, buzzed. I love it when people say umami in everyday conversation. I'm nothing if not pretentious. <laughs> Top chef, which is why we're having this conversation uh-huh. about AI and art. We're all we're all pretentious here. <laughs> let's mm-hmm. be real. Let's be honest. Like, let's be real. We follow our dreams, but in a way that's a little bit snobby. <laughs> yeah, I read now, but we're, but we're perfect. So <laughs> I read now, and we're perfect. Those are the taglines for the episode, guys. We're wrapping it up here. We did it. <laughs> I think we do have to move on to our final segment. Mm. Uh, I know everybody's sobbing, everybody's crying, losing their absolute minds, but. We've had like such an astute academic conversation here that it seems only right to button this with our final segment, which is the valedictorian speech. Um, Joel, were you the valedictorian of any student body ever? I will always, I will always regret that I wasn't, but I was 14th in my class of 400. Believe that. Top 20. And I had a 4.56 or something GPA. I was up there and I was still not the best student. I was doing other things in high school that were not, <laughs> not, not valedictorian material things, Ooh. <laughs> but I think that's okay. That's next episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Anyways, I still regret that I wasn't though. I really wanted that for myself. We were not valedictorian either. So don't even stress about it. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to take a moment now to give the valedictorian speech of our dreams that we never got to give. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Alexi, all you. Lights up. Center stage. <gasps> An actor walks into the light, faces audience, delivers speech. I bet you're wondering, what? Me too. In these uncertain times, the one thing I'm certain of is that I am 100% myself. All the faults, all the corrects, all the rights and all the wrongs, they are me. Sometimes I worry that I'm too much me, but that's exactly what makes me different. That's exactly what makes you different. That's exactly why we're here today and why I can have this relationship and this conversation with you is because... Everything that you've experienced is going to be yours forever. And that when we experience together, that's going to be ours forever too. Nobody on this goddamn planet can take that from you. Full light stage awash, past comes out, musical number, blackout, end of play. Feel the rain on your skin. No one else can do it for you. I had to look away because both of your faces were so, like, I was like, no, 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 no. I was crying that whole time. I was beautiful. I didn't know you were a poet, Alexi. (laughs) Oh, she's an artiste. I'm not okay. Okay. I'm ready. The stage is yours. Hey, what's up, you guys? Class of 2023. (laughs) It's me, your valedictorian. Yes! There's been two little letters on everybody's lips these four years in our academic institution. You guessed it. A-I. But I look at you, class of 2023, and I know you won't be defined by two letters. A-I? 
more like E, O, U, and sometimes Y even. We are more than two vowels. Free yourself from the hold of artificial intelligence and search for the nuance, search for the beauty, search for the singularity within the other vowels, and maybe even a consonant if you're bold enough. I love you, class of 2023. AI couldn't have written that because that was batshit crazy. <laughs> Lucy Porter, out. I'm losing my feel mind right rain now. On your skin. No one else can feel it for you. I didn't know what you were doing. I was like, EOU. She could have been like NO. But <laughs> I'm then you were losing my mind. Yeah, A O U and sometimes Y. That was good. That was good. Lucy Porter taught us how to spell today. <laughs> I love that episode. All right, Joelle. The floor is yours. You got this. Are you sure? Yes. Is it, is it actually, yes. am I going to? Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Lights up. Alexi, I liked your format. Lights up at college graduation. Uh, it's a flash forward. It's, it's future Joelle speaking to past Joelle. It's, it's a reflection. It's a remembrance. It's a devotion. It's a wish. Dear Joelle, you sit there in your class graduating class in high school, thinking that you have to be really successful. Guess what, bitch? The world is ending. You don't. All you got to do is just be happy. And that's harder than you think it is because you have a lot of things pressuring you to feel like you got to be very successful, such as your great-grandmother, your grandmother, and your mother. They all were really strong women who make you feel like you also have to be a strong woman that does strong women things. But guess what? None of them told you that. The only person that told you that is you. So you don't have to go pursue a career in economics and finance. You don't. You did because that's you wanted. That's what you wanted to do. And it was important at the time you learned some important things. But guess what? You ended up back as an artist because that's what you were always meant to do. It's inside of you. It's your spirit. It's the star that shines bright in this in the center of your chest that just comes out like a bright, sparkly golden orb. And it's still there and it's never gonna die because it's who you are. So pursue who you are. Don't let anybody tell you different. Don't worry about money. You're, you'll figure it out. You're smart. There's so many different ways to make money. Sell your feet on TikTok. It's fine. Yes, finally. <laughs> but just but just do what you want to do and don't not do that. With love, con besos, Joelcita. Joelcita. I hate to break it to you, but that's also what Barbie is about. Shut up. No more. That was your last one. It is. It literally is. It is. It is. I can't. I do need you immediately once you watch Barbie to let us know. Your, I will yeah, call please text you. us. Please. Thank you. Please. Barbie was lit. <laughs> Barbie I've alive. been locking out a lot of time in my calendar to have conversations with people post Barbie. I'm like a midwife, but for the Barbie viewing experience. I'm really sad that I haven't seen Barbie yet because I would love to have been on the podcast episode that was about Barbie. Joelle, that was great. Thank you so much for being here. This was really lovely. I was going to compliment you both and how brilliant you are oh. and absolutely perfect. And we will say space for that. Go ahead. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> um, a commencement speech. Alexi and Lucy, 
you guys are going to think you're doing it wrong. You're only doing it right. You're doing everything <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank okay, you. Okay, I'm sensing a new segment. <laughs> <laughs> Our guests compliment us on how well we did it on the episode. <laughs> Validation be done. only. Valedictorian, validation, <laughs> valid the end. Yeah. Ooh, that was good. Joelle, before we let you go, um, where can people find you on social? Do you have anything you want to plug? What's What's next for you? Yeah. I am at the.joel.show on Instagram. You can follow my filmmaking journey as I get into festivals. I just got into another festival. Hooray. Woo! I will be at the Georgia International Latino Film Festival. Yes. yes. Some exciting sponsors. Maybe they'll buy my movie. Encourage them to buy my movie. Um, after the strike after the strike (laughs) after we get a fair deal (laughs) right um in the meantime i have a show called the joelle show and i also uh talk i wax poetic about economics and i try to help the world makes sense in a way that isn't as depressing as what i talked about today usually i try to find (laughs) alexa you are holding it down with the hope (laughs) thank you for doing that yes ma'am that's nothing if not delusional and hopeful Oh no! Yes. We, we, we gotta have it. We gotta have it. Uh, and yeah, I think that's it. Well, that leaves only one thing left to say. Alexi, I love you. Lucy, I love you. Bye. Bye.